The Cellcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who's feeling a little bird-brained. Welcome, Jacob. Well, sometimes we all feel like that, don't we? <laughs> Why, thank you. Let me introduce our co-host, a man who was very grateful and very blessed to have a little red Muppet that only showed up for one scene in this film. Welcome, Drew. And he technically wasn't that character yet. Really? We will get to that. Oh, okay. We will get to that. Fair, fair. fair. Uh, joining us, however, today for uh, this particular trip to a certain street in the middle of New York City, straight from California and from the Retro Rewind pod, uh, PaulJPowers.com. How are you doing, man? No need to fear. Super Grover is here. I'm doing great. Right. I got Grover here, and we're doing good. Good deal. Oh, my word. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I have an opinion about that voice later on, but we'll get to it. Uh, so, yeah, we are reviewing Sesame Street Presents Follow That Bird. As far as we can tell, this was the only theatrically released Sesame Street film. And uh, I am kind of curious, Paul, why did you volunteer for this? Yes. Oh, man. Uh, I have I have that same question. I might as well go into <laughs> Why did I torture thee? <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be honest, should I go into to my spoil my non-spoiler review well, of it? Let's go ahead and at least let let the intro go. Okay. Certified fresh and spoiler free. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So. Uh, this movie came out in 1985, right? Is that right? I think yes, so. Yes. So I have uh, I wasn't uh, one of the distinct privileges of remembering watching this movie in the theaters. I was at the age of seven, and I actually enjoyed this movie, um, but not enough to tell my friends at church or school or anything, because <laughs> this is a Sesame Street movie. I mean, come on. Yeah, right. Um, it's fair. But I, I enjoyed it. And then about 10 years later, so about uh, the end of uh, high school or, or college, I, it, I had an opportunity to watch it again. I was like, hey, I remember enjoying this. Let's put it on. And I could not get through it. It, I, I, it was just, oh not as nearly as good as I remembered. And so I haven't seen it since. And then Drew is telling me, hey, we got these movies coming on. And I find myself saying, hey, put me down for that. And my internal dialogue is like, what are you saying? What are those words coming out of your mouth? <laughs> I, I I don't know why, but I, I signed up for this. But on this rewatch, um, it wasn't as bad as I as the previous one. It wasn't as good as the first one. But if you're like a dad sitting with your kid who enjoys Sesame Street and this is on the background, this is it's it's a decent one to sit through, I would say. So overall, my my review, if I had to sum it up, I'm going back to uh, when I was a kid and all. If I could sum it up this way, I would say. Um, 
oh my gosh, my mind just went blank. I had this set up so perfectly. But anyway, um, oh man, darn it. I had a joke and I completely forgot it. Oh, well, that happens. But anyway, um, this movie is uh, just so-so. It's eh. fair. Fair. This is the first time I've watched this movie. Oh, I did not even know this movie existed until about five years ago. Fair enough. And it came up, I think, on a nostalgia critic video I watched. Yeah. So that's how I even learned it existed. But I just hadn't ever. But, you know, it's a Sesame Street movie. Why at the age of 30 ish (laughs) would I go and watch a Sesame Street film? And then we started a podcast. Yeah. And. And you put it on the list. I put it on the list (laughs) four years into the show. And I did it for, I don't even know why I did it. It's like, I want a Muppet movie, but I don't, we can't do Labyrinth yet because of reasons. Mm. Mostly because we have a guest already lined up for that episode, but I need to find a way to record three people at once in this apartment. Oh. But um, I wanted to go ahead and do another puppetry movie. And there's surprisingly not that many puppet movies. I did not realize. Hmm. Yeah. Muppet and Jim Henson stuff is pretty much where you're going to see most of it. And I saw this and thought, you know, this might be interesting. Yeah. That's why I put it on the list. So uh, watching this film for the first time, there was a couple things I was very cognizant of. One, while I did watch Sesame Street as a kid. It was so much past this point because the little red demon, I mean, Elmo was on the show at this point. Kermit did not show up on Sesame Street by that point, except for in random reruns here and there. Uh, And it was, I I feel like it was already a different show. I I don't know, because I don't even know what normal Sesame Street's episodes look like at this point in time i just yeah i don't either is obviously doing its own kind of thing mm-hmm. uh set within that framework of, of that of uh, the show so this is a lot different obviously it felt this felt like a normal muppet movie but made with a much simpler story more kids based than standard muppet movie is so i appreciated it for that though it does lose a lot of its it doesn't have the same type of, it doesn't hit you the same way a Muppet movie does no it does not unfortunately it's, it has that flavor but it's like it's diet Muppets <laughs> yeah diet Muppets okay that's that, fair that's probably the that's, easiest way I know how to that, that's, a, that's a good description yep so uh, yeah Jacob what are your thoughts on this well going back to my childhood be like I remember uh, we didn't get what was this PBS? Yeah, it's PBS. It's PBS, and uh, we only got uh, where I'm where I grew up. We got probably like three channels, three channels. That was about it. I and P- PBS, maybe here. like it popped in every once in a while when you when you turn the uh, the the uh, the antenna by hand to get a get a certain station. So yeah, I, every once in a while I would see it, or I'd go to someone's house and be like, "Oh, that's Muppets," or "This is uh, Sesame Street." Okay, that's a little weird. Because they're good. Yeah. I didn't grow up watching Muppets. Yeah. We already know about your hatred for Muppet Babies. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah, that's, we'll, we'll talk about that another day. But, uh, so, this is the first time I'd be like, I, 
Drew put this on the list, and I never heard of it. And I was like, what in the world? It's like a, a Sesame Street film? What's going so on here? You but, put it on the list because like, you wanted a puppetry movie, Drew? I'm curious I, I why wanted, this I was want, on the list. <laughs> I wanted a puppetry movie. I didn't want to jump into Labyrinth, and I didn't want to jump into any of the uh, post-Jim Henson uh, passing, post-Jim Henson movies mm, just yet okay. until after we had done Labyrinth. Okay. And in my mind, when I was doing my initial research on it, this mm-hmm. movie came out like either the same year or like right before Labyrinth. But I think I was wrong about that. So that's why I wasn't had mentioned it before this point. Teenage Mutant um, Ninja Turtles, the movie from 1990. Anybody? We will come back to that actually. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. after this. Ah. <laughs> Grant, I, I did not. I have. I didn't. I need to do a better job of looking at more puppetry films. So I will grant you that. Expand his puppet horizon, and I do know some stuff that's technically marionette nation that we should do at some point. Okay. Mm. Nice. Which is technically still puppetry. Okay. So yeah, Certain British show that's been mentioned already in our chat. Oh, okay. gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. 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 We are go. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I watched it. Obviously, it's free on YouTube. And thankfully, uh, it was on YouTube because when I first put it on the list, it was on HBO Max. Then HBO Max became Max and took it off. (laughs) Or it took him off before that point. So that is weird. Yeah. So. The gear there again, kind of like Paul, be like, I, I don't have be like, unlike Paul, but like, I do not have any nostalgia for this film. And uh, so watching it going in as a 40 year old now, and it's like, oh, okay, I can appreciate the, what the film was doing, I can appreciate mm-hmm. where the artistry is going, I can appreciate where the story is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, like Paul said, it's kind of like a meh kind of film, yeah. It's 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 one of those like, okay, be like, if you want to put your, your little ones in front of it, go for it. That sounds like fun, but it's just like, okay, I watched it. It's, it's interesting. It's definitely in my cup of tea, but yeah. And you watched it two weeks ago. Well, technically I, it took me like a week and a half to watch it. Cause oh, wow. I, I, See, I did, I did this all in one night. Yeah. So kind of cool. like, kind of like our guests here be like, it be like, like when you watched it the, the, the second time and you couldn't finish it. Yeah. It, it, it literally be like, I would watch it for a couple of minutes and get distracted because hello, I get distracted by everything. Turn yeah. it off, go do something else. Well, admit, and like, admittedly, this is a simple movie. Yeah, it is very it's, simple. It's not, there's not much complexity. To there, this there's, there's nothing to grab you and pull you into the story. I was about but, to say this. This movie is definitely how you view this movie. It definitely depends on your mood. And if you're not in the mood, it's easily turned fair, off. Yeah, <laughs> fair, fair. I mean, I got, I got this in Tuesday. Before uh, oh, wow. we got into uh, retro rewind that night, wow! And so I was in a much better mood than I would have been, you know, the day before, mm. and that worked great till I had other issues. Mm. So, anyway, <laughs> why don't we go ahead and jump into the spoiler filled section? If there's much to spoil in this film, yeah. <laughs> the following is a spoiler filled review for the movie. Sesame Street presents Follow That Bird. Listener discretion is advised. Sesame Street presents Follow That Bird was directed by Ken Quapis. I already said that name wrong. (laughs) 
He directed 13 episodes of The Office later on. Huh. It was written by Tom Geese or Geis. I think it's Geis. And uh, Judy Freudberg. Getting into the cast, we've got, of course, Carol Spinney as Big Bird, Oscar the Grouch, and Bruno the Trash Man. And outside of Sesame Street, he does not have, he only has one other credit that I could find. Really? What was that? It was actually predate Sesame Street, I think, by about a year. And it was a character named Mr. Lion in something called Bozo's Big Top. But hmm. I'm suspecting it's a kid's show. Okay. Sounds like a circus to me. Probably was. Uh, Jim Henson, of course, playing Ernie and Kermit the Frog. And uh, he was actually half of the performer performing of Rolf the dog uh, mm-hmm. for most of the career, including Rolf's uh, uh, debut on the Jimmy Dean show. Huh? Yeah, he uh, Rolf was the uh, the ranch hound. Oh, okay. And apparently, he had a crush on Lassie. Well, who didn't? Exactly. And he did actually get to meet Lassie in one episode, apparently. So here, here's one of the things where, like, I'm watching this film. It actually shocked me. I was like, wait, what is Kermit the Frog doing in this movie? Like, this <laughs> is what is what is Kermit the Frog doing? Kermit the Frog was in pretty much anything the Muppets were connected to. Yeah, I agree. Because Kermit is, has, was always Jim. Hey, it was Jim Henson's favorite. But mm-hmm. it was also essentially his mascot. And Jim's insert character, pretty much. True. So he was in many early episodes of uh, Sesame Street before the Muppet show. Hmm. Yeah, because he was actually created I when for, I watched uh, Sesame Friends. Street, he was in there. Yeah, like that's or, what, like, which we don't even have most of Salmon Friends is lost media now. Yeah, because it was a cable. It was a Washington, D.C. Uh-huh. access show that almost no videotape was made except for what Jim Henson made himself. Yeah. So that he would have something to judge his performance based on. Anyway. Yeah, I found that interesting. I learned later on there was all this stuff later on, but I was like, wow, this is really cool right yep go ahead we got frank oz of course playing cookie monster bert and grover lavender boy and a monster and in something called echoes of violence which i believe is actually an upcoming thing he is playing dante dante but of course he's most well known for playing yoda and he's speaking yeah which I'm just going to go ahead and mention this right here. Is there not a point in this movie where it felt like Grover and Miss Piggy were kind of using the, he was using the same voice for both of those characters. Yes. Cause there was a point where he was trying to open the bars. Yeah. That's where that was Miss Piggy's grunting. That was not, (laughs) that was not Grover. (laughs) That's Frank Oz. Oz. But it was funny. It's like, Oh wow. You accidentally slipped into your piggy. If if Yoda wanted to pry bars open without using the force, that's what he would sound like. <laughs> yes. I've... Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that. Uh, Richard Hunt played Gladys the Cow, a feathered the Feathered Friend's Owl, and additional Muppets, hmm. and additional Grouches. Because apparently that's a separate uh, classification. Hmm. And uh, in a Christmas film, I am planning on putting on the list at the end of this year Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas ah. he played George Rabbit huh Catherine Mullen played the Feather Friends Magistrate, a Grouch Diner Patron and a little girl, additional Muppets and she is most well known for performing Moki Fraggle on Fraggle Rock huh. 
Nice. Jerry Nelson, who was Count Von Count, Harry Monster, and additional Muppets, was Gobo Fraggle on Fraggle Rock. Paul Bartell was the Grouch Cook, and in Death Race 2000, he played Frankenstein's Doctor. Huh. Not Dr. Frankenstein. Frankenstein's <laughs> Doctor. That's how it was in there. True. a weird way of putting that. Yeah. <laughs> Sandra Bernhardt played the Grouch Waitress. And in the in she played Cassandra in Hercules, the TV show. Huh. Which hmm. I forgot there was a Hercules TV show till I was doing the research. One, the there have been several Hercules shows. No, I mean I the anime based the, on the movie. Oh, based Disney movie. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So not the, the Kevin Sorbo. Oh, okay. Disney's Hercules. Okay. No, That's not That's what Kevin I was Sorbo. thinking. No, no, this is the, the one that was on Disney Channel. Ah. Uh, John Candy. Oh, the one after the animated Disney one. Okay, gotcha. Sorry, go ahead. John yeah, Candy, yeah. yes. <laughs> John Candy yes. played the state trooper, mm-hmm. and he uh, played Del Griffith in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Chevy Chase was the newscaster, and he's uh, probably more well known, most well-known for playing Clark Griswold on the Vacation series of movies. That must have been interesting to get him on, the sh- get him on this movie. Not as interesting as Waylon Jennings, who played the truck driver. Yes. And, of course, he is a very famous country music artist. Yes. And that, this is one of the few movies he's actually been in. Honestly, watching this, I did not realize that was Waylon Jennings until, like, a little bit later until, on. Until he started singing? Until I started singing. I was like, wait, where do I recognize this? It's like, oh, like it's that, Waylon Jennings. Waylon Jennings. <laughs> it's Waylon Jennings. I okay. found out a long time ago that this here movie Joe. is just so-so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Flattery played Sid Sleaze, and in Back to the Future Part 2, he was the Western Union man. Oh, okay. And Dave, I got something for you. A letter. And yeah, Dave that guy. Thomas, yeah, Dave Thomas played Sam Sleaze, and in Brother Bear, he played Took, one of the moose in hmm, that film. Yes. That's because he's Lorraine, one of the, uh, the, uh, the brothers from... Um, the great white north eh? exactly <laughs> lorraine newman played uh the mother dodo and in fear and loathing in las vegas she played frog-eyed woman brian hofeld played daddy dodo and he is actually the creator of the transformers rescue bots tv series huh uh Kathy Silvers played Marie Dodo, and she played uh, Jenny Piccolo on Happy Days. And we've got Eddie Deason playing Donnie Dodo, who plays yeah. every stereotypical nerd anytime you need him in a film. Uh. <laughs> when but I saw this name in the credits, I went, yes. Yes. Well, anytime, he is the same voice every time. I picture him, I, I, I point him out every time he's there. Because I'm just hearing Mandark from Dexter's Lab every time. Wait, but Which when was you really got weird in uh, Polar Express. When you got something that works, you use it, and he does it well. Very true. Granted. Martin P. Robinson played uh, Mr. Snuffleupagus, Telly Monster, uh, one of the Board of Birds, and a Grouch diner patron. Hmm. He was actually an animatronic puppeteer for Leonardo in the 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Really? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Sally, yes, sorry, uh, Sally Kellerman played Mrs. Finch, and she played Major Margaret Hot Lips Houlihan in the 
film version of MASH. Oh, yeah. Allison Court played Ruthie, the uh, farm girl, uh, where that yeah. left Big Bird sleep yeah. in the barn. She will actually come up later in this episode because she plays Jubi, uh, Jubilee in the X-Men animated series. Really? really? Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. She is the only character that uh, was the only kid I put in here because I, I wanted to leave, I decided to leave most of the kids off because they're yeah. not really mention. playing much. Yeah. <laughs> the only one I added back in because this afternoon I was doing my research for the X-Men stuff. I thought that name looks familiar. Where do I wow. remember seeing that name? What I'm a coincidence. And I went back and go, Oh, it's her. <laughs> So from anyway, now the, on, all the movies that you review have to be directly related to the someone in the X-Men animated series until you finish the series. As hard as that is for uh, Kingdom Hearts, that it's, I don't think it's going to be we're going to be that lucky again. I believe in you. You can do it. <laughs> so just 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 a good reminder, which kid was this? This was the uh, the girl on the farm. Oh, okay. With her little brother in the, in the barn. Oh, okay. And they you. were singing "Easy Going." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the rest of these people have no roles outside of Sesame Street. Hmm. So, uh, but they're pretty much the live action characters, uh, 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 characters from the show. That would be Linda Bove as Linda, Emilio Delgado as Lewis, Loretta Long as Susan. Sonia Manzano as Maria, Bob McGrath as Bob, Roscoe Orman as Gordon, and Elena Reed Hall as Olivia. Hmm. And uh, as I maybe have hinted at a second ago, Kingdom Hearts connections, there were absolutely positively none. Huh. So, yeah. What do we got in uh, info and stuff? Info and stuff. Uh, IMDb at a 6.7 out of 10. It's on YouTube for free. Production was Children's Television Workshop, distribution by Warner Brothers, released on August 2nd, 1985, box office. Uh, opening box office for the U.S. and the Canada was $2.4 million on August 4th of the same year. Wow. Its U.S. and Canada gross was $13.9 million, and it's the same worldwide. Home release. This film was the fir first was first released on VHS, VHS and Laserdisc in 1986 and was re-released on VHS three times by Warner Brothers Family Entertainment starting in 1993. Mm -hmm. Then a second time in 1999 and a third time in 2002 and also on DVD. Uh, they changed the logo, blah, 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 blah. Uh, another DVD release in 2004. Uh, which was a reissue for a 25, 25th anniversary edition in 2009. Which the 25th anniversary edition is the version that's on YouTube. Yes. I did some other real research on that, and mm -hmm. there are slight edits on all of those versions, and it's not oh, until the 25th anniversary. It's completely uncut. Yeah. With the for one reason or another. Yeah. this uh, the two Nothing major. 2009 25th anniversary edition, which we watched on YouTube, uh, was with the original theatrical widescreen release with new bonus features and cover art ins inserted. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I, I there was no mention of a sequel unless be like, I totally missed it. And people can be like, hey, there was this movie I really liked. 
Well, there's um, plenty of straight to video, yeah, Sesame Street films, but it's hard to call any of those a sequel, right? Follow that bird again. Two. I was just thinking, technically, Big Bird in this is six years old. You're right. He's always, or at least, and he's been six since 1969, yeah, which is when SSB Street first aired. Yeah. And he's technically six in 2023, isn't he? Yes. Like like a certain Pokemon master. (laughs) He actually did age over the course of those years, but it was only a year. Uh. (laughs) There was a birthday episode. I just don't know when it was. Uh. Anyway. Getting into the summary for this film. The Feathered Friends Board of Birds, an organization whose purpose is to place stray birds with nice bird families, discusses the case of Big Bird. The social worker, Miss Finch, is sent to Sesame Street to find and bring Big Bird to a worthy family of dodos in Ocean View, Illinois. However, he begins to feel uncomfortable with them as they all think poorly of non-birds and reaches his breaking point when they suggest he should have a bird as a best friend instead of Mr. Snuffleupagus, who is watching over his nest back on Sesame Street. When Big Bird leaves the Dodo's home to return to Sesame Street, he ends up on the news where Mrs. Finch tells reporter Kermit the Frog that she intends to find him and bring him back to the Dodo's. His friends on Sesame Street also see the news and band together to locate him before Mrs. Finch does and take several vehicles on their quest. After After Bob instructs them to head to Toadstool, Indiana to meet up with him. While on the way home, he hitches a ride with a trucker who encourages him to persevere and later meets two kids named Ruthie and Floyd at a farm who allow him to sleep in their barn overnight. The next morning, Miss Finch arrives and he sneaks away in a haystack. Two con artist brothers named Sid and Sam Slees, who operate a fraudulent carnival called the Slees Brothers Fun Fair, plot to catch Big Bird and put him on display for profit. When he arrives in Toadstool, Mrs. Finch does so at the same time and chases him there. After escaping her, Big Bird meets the Sleeves Brothers at the carnival and asks if they have a place for him to hide, resulting in them putting him in a cage and deciding to paint him blue and tout him as the Blue Bird of Happiness. Though he sings sadly about wishing to be back home, despite this, he brings in plenty of customers. After the show, two kids sneak backstage to see Big Bird, who asks them to call Sesame Street to inform his friends of his whereabouts. The next morning, his friends sneak into the circus tent and try to set him free. However, the Sleeves brothers quietly wake up, and just as Linda unlocks the cage, they drive off in the truck And Big Bird, while Big Bird is still in it. Gordon and Olivia chase, give, give chase in Gordon's Volkswagen Beetle and successfully rescue him after he jumps from the moving truck. Shortly afterwards, a police officer pulls the Sleeves brothers over for speeding and arrests the pair on various charges, including theft of an apple. Upon arriving back on Sesame Street, Big Bird is happy to be back home. His happiness is short-lived when Mrs. Finch arrives to place him with another bird family, still insisting that Big Bird would be happier with his own kind. However, Maria tells him that he is happy on Sesame Street, where it does not matter if his family consists of humans, monsters, grouches, and other species. Considering Maria's statement and realizing how far his friends went to bring him back, a sympathetic Miss Finch officially declares Sesame Street to be his home and happily leaves her with her job complete. As everyone celebrates his return, Oscar the Grouch gets carried around the block in his trash can by Bruno the Trash Man, in order to get every, in order to get over everyone's happiness. Getting into the trivia for this one, this was Jim Henson's final performance as Kermit the Frog, as well as Ernie and other characters in a theatrical feature. Oh, so sad. <laughs> I went with the sad one first. Yeah. Uh, what, when did when did Muppet, uh, the, take the Manhattan? First- Muppets Take Manhattan was actually before this. Really? By about a year, I believe. Okay. 
Actually, All right, go ahead. Sorry. That up for me right quick. I'm not 100% certain because, like I said, I thought this was. You know, yeah, because up at State Manhattan, we've already reviewed. I think yeah. it was 84. Yeah, it's 84. How about okay. that? Uh, Carol Spinney broke down in tears after filming the song I'm So Blue. Mm. Can imagine. When the count is counting the end credits, he says, Hi, Mom, when Joan Gans Cooney's Voight name appears. She is the creator of Sesame Street and the founder of its production company, the Children's Television Workshop. She is sometimes referred to as the mother of Sesame Street. When Big Bird is being welcomed home at the end of the movie, you get a quick glimpse of a character in a window that is definitely a demon in Squirming Elmo. (laughs) The movie was made before he was even considered a character on the show. Wow. That's right. The airline that Big Bird takes to Illinois is CTW, referring to Children's Television Workshop, the name of the production company. Uh, And it has since been renamed Sesame Workshop. The flight number is 1138, which might be a reference to George Lucas's film THX 1138, though Mm -hmm. I consider that a stretch. According to Noel McNeil, or Noel McNeil, after filming the footage of Big Bird on the farm with Ruthie and Floyd, the filmmakers discovered that the film was badly scratched and unusable. The actors, crew, and performers had to return to the same location, but it was months later and in winter. Many of the green leaves the audience sees are spray-painted, and after each take, the kids would run to put their coats on. Wow. Mm. The scene with Big Bird running from Ernie and Bert's approaching plane is a spoof on the visually very similar scene from the Alfred Hitchcock film North by Northwest, in which Cary Grant's character hides in a cornfield after a crop duster attack. The subsequent pesticide cloud in this version is replaced by Bert's falling bottle cap collection. Why he had his bottle cap bottle cap collection with him is beyond my knowledge. Mm, for that gag, exactly. Uh, Big Bird is the only character that snuff uh, snuff. Mister Snuffleupagus. Big Bird is the only character that Mister Snuffleupagus or Snuffy interacts with throughout the entire movie, due to being released prior to season seventeen premiere, where Snuffy was finally revealed to the adults on the street. Hmm. He was. They just thought he was a imaginary character up to that yeah. point. But no one else can see him except you know mm-hmm. Big Bird. Big Bird. Yeah. Oscar's license plate reads Scram. The Count's license plate reads one two three four five six seven eight nine. Well, ten. I was going to say one zero, but ten. The license plate of the turkey truck in which Big Bird gets it gets a ride from Waylon Jennings during the song "Ain't No Road Too Long" reads Gobble. Of the main regular cast of the show appearing in this film, only Northern Calloway, who plays David, was absent because he was barred from entering Canada where the movie was filmed. Due to a criminal record dating back to an incident on September 19th, 1980, when he went on a violent, frenzied rampage in Nashville, Tennessee due to mental illness. It was fairly kept under wraps, so he who sought medical help could resume work on the show uh, uh, later after the incident. Wow. Uh, Dang. Up in, this was up until a couple years later, uh, in, uh, more incidents ultimately caused his dismissal from the show in 1989. He died in 1990 at the age of 41, just four months before the similarly untimely passing of Jim Henson, who also worked on this film. Wow. 
The Sleaze Brothers, played by Joe Flattery and Dave Thomas, are pulled over by State Trooper, played by John Candy. All three are veterans of the TV show SCTV from 1976. Hmm. The News Reporter, played by Chevy Chase, opens his broadcast by quoting the theme song from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, another PBS Kids production which became popular during the same period as Sesame Street. The set for Sesame Street was, of course, recreated in Toronto for the film since it was normally filmed in Boston, I believe. Or is it New York City? I don't remember. Mm. Uh, Oscar the Grouch only uses one arm, his left, throughout the entire film, even when he's driving his sloppy jalopy. He (laughs) only has one hand on the steering wheel at all times. In the scene where Big Bird asks two children to contact Sesame Street to save him, he asks them to contact mr looper's store meaning mr hooper's store Mm. this continuing a running gag from the show when she would always mispronounce mr hooper's name which this was after mr hooper died Mm. speaking of which when big bird leaves sesame street a sad classical music song is playing it is antonio vivaldi's concerto for lute with two violins and Okay, I can't even pronounce half of that because it's Italian. Uh, it was used in a short film called Sad Flower Film by fans in an early episode of the show. And after being featured in several episodes through the years, that short film was featured in Farewell, Mr. Hooper and from 1983, episode number 1839, directly after the segment where Big Bird is told by the people of Sesame Street of Mr. Hooper's Willie's passing which mm-hmm. augmented its sad atmosphere. With this in consideration, the song may have been selected as a fan, as, as fan service to similarly permeate the sad, dramatic atmosphere of Big Bird leaving Sesame Street. Yeah. So now that we, that was bookended by two sad moments, <laughs> Paul, what's your first like for this film? Um, my first like and my number one like of this film are the songs in it. They, specifically the... Uh, the ain't no road too long and the easygoing song that they're just mm-hmm. earworms in my head. And I've, I've been mm. singing them to myself the past couple of days since I watched this film, uh, more so than any other scene or anything in this movie. So, um, well, they're not like the best songs ever, but they, they are a little catchy. I grant grant. Yeah. Yes, I agree. <laughs> In fact, that's probably going to be one of my first like on this film also, because most of the, some of the songs don't real are just kind of okay, but I don't know. Waylon Jennings singing a duet with Big Bird is not (laughs) something I was expecting to see. And you don't think it would pull off, but it does. It's not bad. No, it it works works fine. I mean, granted, Big Bird does not sing on key. But I don't think he it's, ever really does. He's a bird. What do you expect? <laughs> I expect a bird to be able to sing because birds sing. But then okay. I don't know what kind of bird Big Bird is supposed to be. So there. Yeah, he sings throughout the film. La 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 la. Yeah, exactly. La, 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 la. Yeah, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, but for the most part, yeah, those, those uh, different times throughout the week since I watched the film, those two songs have popped up in my mind. Ah. at different times just because they are they are such heroes granted it's just the chorus yeah. i don't remember any of the verses or right like that, but yeah still yeah it's 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 a lot catchier than some of the songs that are on the radio today let's put it that way yeah <laughs> very and, true and i have to know, I, despite the fact i don't remember the 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 song but at the very beginning the 
Grouch National Anthem. Oh, I oh love yeah. That. It was hilarious. In fact, that thing came on and thought, are we getting a patent reference? Here we are. Sesame Street film? There's a, a lot of Easter eggs that there adults would, would recognize that kids right, would not. Is, yeah. Things I don't expect yep. in, in a Sesame Street film. Yeah, that's but, very true. But yeah, I, I loved that whole, that whole sequence. And I don't remember the song exactly, but I remember thinking, well, at, at the end when when uh, Oscar says, now that you've seen the best part of the film, <laughs> you yeah. might as well sit through the rest of it. I thought, you know, I wonder how true that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So my first like of this film would be more the 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 angle of the the family story. Of where uh what what's the uh the 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 bird who comes to the Sesame Street and says, you know, Big Bird, you gotta come with us because oh, it's Finch. It's Finch. Because at one point I think I be like I hear Big Bird say her name, but he screams her name a couple times. Yeah, he says Miss Finch. <laughs> oh but uh either or I, she, I, when I she came on screen, I literally, my, I physically cringed just because I remember not liking her and what she did. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> oh, the first time Miss Finch showed up on screen, I thought, "There's the villain." Yeah, there's the villain. <laughs> exactly. There's only there's one, the villain because nobody else in this bird council has got the gumption to go <laughs> do anything outside of just have board meetings. Yeah, that's why they're bored. Exactly. <laughs> They're boarded birds. Exactly. <laughs> my, my first like would be the, the family aspect of the movie where Miss Finch comes in and says, Big Bird, be like, you should be living with your own kind and that kind of stuff, blah, 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 blah. I have and, opinions on that later. But well, I, I, I do too. But <laughs> the, the, the fact that be like Miss Finch wants to pull Big Bird out of the family that he he's only known, he's only known mm-hmm. because of her, I guess, more biases towards birds or superior to everybody else. I would I would assume, and it's I mean like it makes that really nice nice little contrast of where like people who think you belong here, people think you belong here, and they think it's they're they're doing it for the for good reasons according yeah. to them, but be like the the people you're around, be like your your family or your like you know our case like a church family or the 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 friends you have mm-hmm. that. Like maybe people might not be like it's like well they're they're not your kind of people it's so well they're my kind of people, and I'll be like I I, I enjoy that aspect where definitely Miss Fence kind of comes to a realization it's like oh be like he actually really likes it here maybe I shouldn't have to force him to go do something he really doesn't want to do and with the with the minds or the uh, the concept that Big Bird is literally a six year old he's literally like oh mm-hmm. okay I'll go and do this and he realizes that he doesn't like this at all. And Ms. Finch is constantly chasing him down. It's like, oh, you have to do this. And be like this this idea of family, this idea of uh, kinship yeah. with others. And you, you don't have to be the same species or something like that. But like you, you can get into like other little things here and there. But the idea be like be like if it's the, the people you like hanging out with and the people that be like love you. Like actually love you. Uh, you know, that's people you should be with and not be like. People telling you it's like, oh no, be like you should be over here because these are your people. Mm-hmm. It's like that's yeah. racist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just go <laughs> ahead and start going into my dislikes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I I, I I I love that aspect of the movie. It's where Miss Finch is using more of a um, 
a racial biases because towards birds, birds superior to everybody else. And it's just like, hey, Big Bird just, you know, he just loves everybody because he's he's a big six year old. He just mm-hmm. loves everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I enjoy that about the film. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very similar to my second like. If I can dive into that, go right go for ahead. It. Um, and that's the fact that you know, in in Sesame Street in the show, they show different kinds of of people and creatures, like you were talking about. Yeah. But in this movie, they got to explore, like you saw birds, the bird kind all hanging out together. And like mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. dodos have that different kind of house. So they, yeah. they they opened up the world even more. And what I really liked is like the grouch kind and what it was like to be amongst all the grouches, like at mm-hmm. the diner yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just and, and for already a vast open world that Sesame Street is, I liked how this movie opened it up even more, focusing on the different kinds in their communities. Interesting. Yeah, that's kind of what my second like was going to be also. <laughs> nice. Very nice. I I just I love the visual style of of the movie where it's like, oh, uh, you're going to go live with a bunch of birds. Where do they live? Oh, they live in a birdhouse. Yeah. And what does said birdhouse looks like? It looks like a giant house mm-hmm. for a bird, on, as on in it's pole. on a pole and it's <laughs> high above the rest of the houses around them. It's yeah. like, oh, that makes sense in a strange way <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course grouches exist so of course there would be dining establishments True. designed for them which i have to say that joke about the toss salad mm-hmm. that was my favorite joke in the whole because <laughs> it's like what would you eat if you're in there she's tossed salad like what's tossed in salad. the salad getting what tossed is, what is tossed in the salad <laughs> And they, and they just start launching salads with catapults and going, yep, that's how I think about it. <laughs> that's that great. looked like a fun scene to film. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. But other little things, like, I'm kind of I'm kind of merging this in there, but it's the logic kind of behind this film. Mm-hmm. Because I can just imagine, this is not the first time Big Bird has been around Mr. Uh, uh, Gordon's uh, Volkswagen. He oh, knows gosh. he's not supposed to, to stand up. And he knows right. he's not supposed to jump. He's been told this, and he's a good boy. Right. He doesn't want to do this. And for once, he looks like he's allowed to to jump, do this very dangerous stunt. Granted, probably five that two miles an hour, probably because yeah, they were like slow. they were going very fast. But he's allowed to do this. It's like, and he doesn't want to. It's like, but I'm breaking the rules, Gordon, Mister Gordon. It's like, <laughs> will you just jump, you stupid bird? <laughs> hey, like, hey, I'm gonna ignore the rule for one time. Just jump in the yeah. car. This one time, you can do this, Big Bird. But I'm not even supposed to be standing. In fact, I'm supposed to be sitting down. It's like, what are you going to say next, Big Bird, that you're supposed to be wearing your seatbelt? I was kind of waiting for that. They were promoting seatbelts. Yeah, that's true. 86, 85. So, yeah, I mean, just the logic behind this film. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no reason any of this should actually be the way it is, except random stuff across the years has caused this lore of sorts to build up that was never really intended to be lore yeah but they stayed with it even in this film so okay yeah i i appreciated the strangely enough the sesame street lore present in the film Mm. yeah that's good all right so going into my second like Mm -hmm. second like uh kind of 
rolling back to my first, it, it reminded me of a verse in scripture in Galatians 3, 20, 28. Uh, there is neither Jew nor Greek. Mm-hmm. There is neither slave nor free. There is no more male or female, for you are all in Christ Jesus. So that reminds me so much of the the body of Christ that we mm-hmm. that we were this amalgamation of different people from you know pe- different people, different strokes, and we, we all have different backgrounds and the whole bit. Be like we're we're not all the same, right? Yeah, like you take like the church we go to, it's very it's very blended in a lot of ways. And that's what I enjoy about it. Cause you get to, you meet different people or you're friends with different people that you would never met. And the, the, the notion, the, the racist idea that be like, Oh, you need to hang out with your own people is just like, that's not the way God intended it. We're both mm-hmm. just kind of just to be together as people. Mm-hmm. And that's just what I enjoy about this film. I thought I would bring that up. Yeah. There's neither monster nor Muppet. Yeah, on- exactly. <laughs> exactly. Bird, bird or Snuffleupagus. Bird yeah. or Snuffleupagus. Uh, so going, actually going into my second like. No, that wasn't even your second like. No, that it was wasn't. Just a, I had this thought and I wanted to go ahead and cover yeah, yeah, it right yeah, quick. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, this this is a very simple film, but it doesn't play down to its audience. It doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't make the audience feel like they're dumber. Be like they're stupid because they're children. These are for preschoolers preschoolers and they they play to that strength the yeah. writers know who their audience is and it's like in some films be like obviously the writers don't know who their audience is so they're writing above you know the intelligence level or the vocabulary level of like i've, I've seen i've seen sermons in a, a youth group once where the youth minister in question had had just finished his i think it was his bachelor's degree Bachelor's degree, no, his master's degree, and he was like, he was just on this, this high of everything he knew, and he was just going way over these kids' heads. Mm-hmm. And one of the students actually had to had to had to stand up and be like, "Hey, be like, we have no idea what you're talking about." So the, these writers knew what they were talking about, knew the knew their audience, and went to their level, went to their level with it. And made it where it was engaging. It was engaging for that audience, and for parents who were in the audience with their with their little with their uh, preschoolers. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I enjoyed that for what it was, because because I, I think we we have we have reviewed films where it was obviously be like they they weren't playing to the strength of the audience like most like most of the movies we review are for kids yeah or like young adults and they're shooting way over kids heads with everything that's going on it's like are you sure be like is this the right audience you're 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 uh, projecting to or you just want to write a story and like this is this is what it is and i just, i like they 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 play to the audience's strength of who they are as you know preschoolers mm-hmm. so yeah that's my second like. All right, y'all ready to jump into dislikes? Then? Yeah, let's 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 jump headlong to what we don't like about this film. <laughs> I'm sure, there's a lot. Uh, Paul, why don't you go ahead and start us off? Well, my number one like is is the songs. My number one dislike is the songs <laughs> because, <laughs> because man, there are several songs, and I mean. You know, kudos to the people for trying to, you know, come up with some songs and some are they're fine. But 
man, whenever they come on, even the good ones, the pacing just slows down to a halt. Mm -hmm. And it is very easy to get distracted. And when you, I mean, some of the songs are, like I said, they're fine by themselves, but in this movie, it's kind of like, uh, does it really need to be here? Is this film better for it? I, I don't, well, the pacing sure isn't, but that's true. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the songs, unfortunately. I'm not a fan of the racist birds throughout this whole film. <laughs> no, you think? <laughs> Granted, I get that. They're I get trying to do the right thing. They are. Well, I, they they, 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 do the right they thing. have good intentions. Agreed. And if it were... Well, most and, racist birds don't have good intentions, but these ones true. do. <laughs> I don't know. The ones in Dumbo seemed fine. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't think they're racist. I, I'm, I'm, no, they're I guess I'm on the minority on that one. I, yeah. I'm mostly joking because it's been too long since I've seen Dumbo to form an opinion. Uh, but uh, and I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, uh, I don't like the fact that I, I know why they needed enemies. Yeah. And, and enemies with good intentions because this is, you don't want people thinking they're, granted, I would have been fine with an evil villain for evil's sake, mm. but I get why they wanted to have a villain that was in, Grant the Sleaze brothers mm -hmm. are the evil for evil's sake. They're just greedy beyond belief. Yeah. But the birds, it's like, I get why they're there. They're trying to do the best they can. They admittedly, it does make sense. You would want to take a homeless bird and give and, and have them get them adopted by a another bird family. Cause a bird family would probably do good about taking able to take care of a bird. I get that at the same time. Big Bird is six years old, has pretty much been living on his own with this very strong network mm -hmm. of friends and family around Sesame Street. Right. Why does he need to, at this point, finally need to have a, a be re-nested? Because Big he never leaves that the, those couple blocks. He needs to explore. Get <laughs> have you not seen the opening of, of, of Sesame Street? He walks all over Central Park. <laughs> He's been to London. He's been to China. China. Hey, Big Bird nearly went into space. The, uh, the, yeah. That's I'm so I glad he didn't. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean. Yeah. I also don't know. All how right. That I take worked. it back. <laughs> Big Bird's been outside of Sesame Street before. Okay. I get it. Yeah. He's, I, I'm just saying, I get I get why they they do what they're doing. And I get the logic, but it's at the same time, it's like, it's such a setup for a such a simple lesson that it takes all kinds. It's not that I don't, it's, I know we don't think, remember that half the time. And that's good to teach kids that, you know, we, you're, you don't have, you, you don't want to teach racism and it, it does do good to show racism in a bad light. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's just like, can I, do you have to keep saying, you must be with your own kind. Can you not make that just a little bit more subtle? Just a little <laughs> bit, not a lot. It's just they said that line so many times. Like, we get it. You're a racist. Move on. It disturbs, <laughs> honestly. Or speciesist, I, I guess, I, technically. But Yeah, I get that. It For some reason, it disturbed me more that Big Bird had 
big brother watching him and knowing that he was by himself, not of his own kind, on a little nest mm -hmm. in Sesame Street? Like, who's documenting this and passing it out and, to people? And why did it take six years? I'm assuming on a sliding time scale because mm. it'd been over 20 physical years since the first episode. Uh, why is no one ever thought to take care of him before now? And I get, guess I, I understand bureaucracy probably would have slowed things up, but exactly. Still. Red tape. Mm -hmm. No one. And they would have gone through all the colors of the tape on Sesame Street. So I'm glad yeah. they didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's just I felt that that aspect of the movie could have been handled better. Mm. Jacob, I can. Compound word. Compound toadstool. Okay, what about toadstool? Toadstool. The toadstool is a word. Yes, I know toadstool is a word, it's and a it's a city, word. and it's, it's a city, and, and it's, it's a kingdom. Yes. Yeah. But my, and it's a princess. My my main problem with this, <laughs> main problem with this movie, it's so just like everything's just like it's like oh obviously be like oh we're gonna be even toadstool obviously be like it's so just like. I'm I'm looking for the word and I can't it's it's right convenient conveniency the convenience of everything just lining up in this little town toadstool when be like you have all these you know it's there's a freaking 1980s there's interstates and everything this person can went anywhere except for toadstool and everybody just happened to go to toadstool <laughs> well that's I where mean, everything convened was toadstool yeah and so I can some kind of see that yeah it was it was just more the, the the simple convenience that everything just happened to just line up perfectly with no like real rhyme or reason whatsoever because you're dealing with a, a preschool audience so you mm -hmm. can't make anything hard or complicated unless you have a really really smart preschooler and it's just like the 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 plot itself was so convenient for everything especially with everything convening and converging into Toadstool, the city of Toadstool. And I was just more like, really? See, I would be more fine with it had they not said, once you get to Toadstool, call us and we'll let you know if you don't see Big Bird. It's like, why can't you just happen to meet Big Bird in a, in a random city? Why do you have to tell us you're going to meet him in Toadstool in like half an hour into the movie? Yeah. So yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's just like the... Like, like, granted, this was the 1980s, and be like, there was other highways and the whole bit. Mm -hmm. Be like, they, they just assumed, oh, yeah, he's going to be in Toadstool, and voila, he's in Toadstool. You, you sound like you have some experience in life, Jacob, where things, from your perspective, have not been as convenient for you. And this has <laughs> triggered something in that arena. <laughs> No, I, I just I, I don't like I don't like just very simple conveniences. Yeah, like they, like it's it's I'm 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 over analytic, so I just I'd be like, no. I, I, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> no, I, I get it. It's a little too simple for this simple story. Yeah, yeah, way too simple. And be like, you could have just had the meat there and not have drawn attention to it. It would have been fine. Yeah, but they they drew attention to it so much, mm -hmm. and it was like. Like they're gonna be like I I enjoyed in my second like that they played to their audience, but at the same time they didn't in this aspect. Be like little, little I'd be like, have you been around preschoolers? But like sometimes be like you can get a really really smart preschooler. And it's just like 
oh, okay, I was suspecting that out of a little kid. And be like, little kids are smarter than you think. Mm-hmm. And this very easily simple, convenient plot point, be like, I think for me, what it drove me nuts. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, they should have went here. <laughs> that's what that would have been me. But this, yeah. that's my, that's me nitpicking the film. It was, it was so convenient that everything showed up in Toadstool. My, this, this, are we on seconds? Yeah, I've just got mine. I just finished mine. So go into Paul. Oh, that's right. Cause I went and then you, okay, yeah, yeah. go ahead and Paul. So my second dislike is, um, you previously mentioned Drew that this is Muppet light, like diet Muppet. Diet Muppet. <laughs> diet Muppet. <laughs> I mean, they are technically Muppets. Yes. So, and I absolutely 100% agree. And I was trying to figure out why. And I think it's because we have some of these characters that are too over the top and too silly. Like the Sleaze Brothers yeah. are, especially the Sleaze Brothers, especially. Um, uh, uh, the one played by Joe Flattery is just mm-hmm. all the other Muppet movies. Yes, you have adults, human adults in there, and are they? They're a little over the top, but you can you 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 kind of go with it. This is just another level over the top, and I think the movie suffers for it. Do five year olds like over the top silliness? Yes, but yes. do the adults watching it with their five year olds yeah, like it? No, and I think this movie could have been better if they. They just toned the silliness down. I, I, I think it would have been. I, I think it could have helped that make it feel more like a Muppet movie rather than. I, I can see that. Less than I will. I to have. You know, this is kind of my second dislike. Also, uh, it is almost too simple a story. And granted, yeah. I know this is being aimed squarely at preschoolers, and I know preschoolers. Not, not, and I know they have to hit as broad an audience of preschoolers as possible. So you can't go too smart. You can't go too stupid. Right. That sounded bad the way I worded that. But you know what I mean? <laughs> He's being hateful toward preschoolers. I am not being hateful towards preschoolers. That's just, ageist. Ageist. Go with your own kind. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I get that they're having to aim for a broad audience of preschoolers, and we're just really lucky that they didn't try to shove a lot of, like, educational stuff down our throats. The closest we got to was at the very beginning when Big Bird says, this episode of Sesame Street is brought to you by the letter W and B. And I thought, "That's an, oh, I get it. I get the joke now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's actually clever. Because there's actually little tiny bits of cleverness throughout there the whole are. film. I agree. And then there's just is. like and I appreciated that. Yeah. Go to Toadstool. Why? I don't know. We might meet Big Bird there. Yeah. Yeah. They could have yeah, a little more cleverness with the names and such might have been fun. But yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought it was funny that they went to, that Big Bird's Dodo family was in Ocean View, Illinois. Nowhere near an ocean. Name? Like no, like, yeah, I, that was I, funny. I, I, I find the, uh, the the interesting sarcasm there, or the the yeah that peculiarness. And then when they were showing Big Bird's flight over 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 the map, you of course didn't show any of the big cities you're used to seeing, like New York and Chicago and all this. You're seeing like these other little bitty towns they made up names for. That was like okay, that's cute and all, that's, but uh, 
you get to the actual story and it's like uh we kind of just stop the story every time kids show up mm. and then we get to uh i know you said bug tussle toadstool <laughs> we get to toadstool and it's like oh and uh and there's Big no Bird's mushroom gonna kingdom get yeah this is not the mushroom kingdom mm-hmm. i don't see a mario around here Holy. of course this would be around at the time mario was getting started too Very but right. um you get to Toadstool. I'm thinking, okay, this is interesting. Of course, it's a little small town. They're having their Toadstool Festival. So, of course, there's a marching band that Big Bird's going to get tangled up in as he's trying to escape from Miss Finch. That's funny. That's interesting. So, really wish they had had Toadstool Queen. Like you see in all these little the local Anything referencing thing is a mushroom. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. The only thing they had was the sign that said "Welcome to Toadstool." Mm, it's like right. Why Toadstool? Give me something. You decided to name this one little town Toadstool. Was this like, I don't know. What, is this like this area's major export? Is Toad is is Toadstools? What's going on here? I don't know. Yeah. Um, thinking too hard about it. Part of my issue here. No. I mean, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the fact that the, the the two sleeves brothers have such a hard—it's not that they have a hard time catching Big Bird, because I really like that part where they where they a tr- got that net uh, pushed out the truck. That's going to be too small to catch Big Bird. Yeah, we know this yeah. already. And of course, Big Bird just barely misses getting caught because he happened to bend over to pick something up. It's like that's right. clever. That's funny. But then the rest of the time, it's like. Sleaze Brothers, how come you're having such a hard time finding a six-year-old giant bird that is within 10 miles of you? He's kind of going to stand out like a sore thumb. There's only so far I can go because he's on foot. Because he's only he gets a ride the one time in uh, with from Waylon Jennings near the beginning of the film. So the rest of the time he's on foot. So, I mean, he should be able to catch back up with him at some point. The fact that it was nearly the end of the film when he gets caught because he's looking for a place to hide i i just i was it just confused me that that was like why would you save this for the last minute instead of i don't know i don't know i guess i was just wanting more this is gonna sound bad but i was wanting big bird to be in more peril yeah, <laughs> than he actually makes was sense. makes sense uh because you don't want kids part, to be was, too scared though i, I know mm-hmm. but i mean at least if Big Bird was caught by the Sleaze Brothers, it'd be like Pinocchio. We were fine with Pinocchio getting caught by the by the puppeteer. Yeah, it's true. It, it's kind of the same thing. I don't know. I, it just felt even when the Sleaze Brothers make an entrance, I was looking at them going, "Why are we showing you two watching this news report right now? Because you we haven't introduced you at all. This is your introduction. I have no idea who you are. Yeah, unfortunately, we'll see more of you. Yeah, it's like it's weird. It's just. There's parts of this that is that is clever, and then it's immediately counter. It's immediately flummoxed by things that are so simple. It, yeah. it, it, it's too much of a juxtaposition between the the cleverness and the simpleness. That's the best way I know how to. Uh, I gotcha. Throughout the entire film, and that kind of bugged me a little bit. Well, that don't you see in Sesame Street? There's neither cleverness nor simpleness. You're all one. It's all mixed. You know what I mean. <laughs> no, I get it. It's it is frustrating. I know what you mean. Yes. Yeah. 
in some ways i kind of wish it was more like what i remember from sesame street and would have random little like animations throughout uh, peppered throughout it from time to time for no good reason too Mm. so Hmm. i don't know what i'm expecting to see in there because we did get at least one animation with big bird imagining his what his his new family would look like but still and that animation was good true it was anyway so my second dislike of this film one scene that drove me nuts and it, it, it well most scenes with oscar the grouch made just made no sense oh no for me anyway he's the, the opposite the, uh, he's kind of like well yeah I, I, I know you just got to go with the opposite I'm of what aware he of this. i'm aware of this <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm fully and cottingly aware that he is opposite of everybody else be like he's oscar the grouch for a reason Right. The, the the scene in particular that kind of just irked me a little bit was the scene where Oscar be like, it's just a scene that comes out of nowhere and there's no context to anything. It's literally Oscar rolls up in a, a uh, uh, what was it? A uh, sloppy jalopy. No, not sloppy jalopy. No, he showed up in that, uh, that, uh, that junkyard. He showed up in the mm-hmm. junkyard and yeah. there was just like this one little scene. It was done. And it was just like, what what is this oh there's no be like there's no built to context of what's going on in the story it's like oh oscar Rouch just wants to go there and he's being stubborn it's just right. like okay yeah, and then he immediately goes somewhere else and it's never picked up again because he's a grouch right i, I agree with that but there he again it's trash just, yeah yeah he what i thought you were gonna I, say it that it was they said that she said it was the wrong way and then like a, a scene or two later like he's caught up like how did that yeah. happen yeah exactly <laughs> yeah Exactly. I, I don't have a problem with him showing up at the junkyard or forcing them to go to the Grouch Diner or anything. Because yeah. that just seems like who Oscar the Grouch is. You're right. lucky you got him to drive his car or right. go look for Big Bird. Right. That is he's true. kind of put up with the fact that he's going to go sightsee at all these big Grouch monuments, which the rest of us wouldn't care about seeing. Right, right, right. And granted, he does catch up very quickly with... Yeah, they all do. Him, which... It, it's just yeah yeah I, like i remember what i said about the simpleness and cleverness juxtaposition. Yes. that's yes. kind of it that's kind of yeah. it but at the same time it was just more like me like doing this for four years i'm like it, it was one of those little nitpicks i was like what in the world is going on here <laughs> also you could have left out uh count von count driving his car because he doesn't show up half the film that is he has true. no scenes once they leave sesame street true well, he's counting the the telephone poles or something. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh, trust me. When we I, I watch, I didn't watch all of the credits because I didn't have that kind of time. But I fast forwarded to the end just to see was there some other little joke? And the fact that he says the two hundred and fourteen credits. Ah 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 ah. I, I go, thought that was great. I love end credit scenes. I, I love I love that you did that. But the yeah. thought process was like, I'm just so glad you weren't counting frames. Oh gosh! <laughs> I don't need to know how many frames were in this film, and yet I bet you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah that uh, that uh, in, that ending that ending that ending credit scene where it's count to, like count like, von count count von count <laughs> like there again I grew up with Sesame Street I don't know yeah. who these characters are well, you you almost called him Count Chocula that's a different I character. almost did it's an entirely different character mm. Count von Count Count Chocula wasn't a movie we reviewed really oh, fight oh my gosh don't remind me of that piece of junk <laughs> trash yeah nah. but either or um oh my gosh but uh 
yeah, it's just like kind of a like bonus. It was more like that ending. It's like, okay, count. We get it. We get it. Your count stuff. Can we move forward? No, we're continue this. I'm like, oh my, I, I, I can imagine That's what he does. I, I know, but I can imagine the horror of the adults having to sit there and listen to this. I'm like, I'd be like, okay, we need to leave. No, it's still going. Yeah. Why well, can't we leave? It doesn't go that long. It only goes to, uh, I know right I know. before the cast list. And then he disappears until the very end again. Yeah. So, oh, okay. I'd be been, like, I'd, thankfully. Yeah. It would have been great if he came out at the very end and said, ah, 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 5,280 seconds. We have just wasted of your life. Ah, yes. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> you shall do this 37 more times once Marvel starts making movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was good. That was good. Anyhow, <laughs> I think we need to rate this thing. Yeah, I do think we need to rate this. Uh, Paul, what are you rating this film on a scale of from uh, one to ten? From a scale of one to ten, well, my co-host Francisco Ruiz of the Retro Rewind podcast made a point for me to send this message to say that the the rating of this film and every film has to be three point five. If you reference the the Fire and Ice show before uh, with you guys, yeah. but. If you follow that logic, if you rate everything 3.5, then what's the point of having a rating? So I'm going to go off. and yes, exactly. I'm going to rate this, in honor of Big Bird being six years old, I'm going to rate this a solid six. All right. Fair. Right in the middle. That's it's probably the it's, most fair rating. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit above right in the middle. Good. <laughs> Of course. I think we're back. We weren't gone. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, yeah. Sorry. That's all right. You were, you were saying it was right in the middle. But anyway. It was uh, right above the middle. Yes. Right. I, I'm pretty much going to agree with that. Uh, mm. I'm actually going to be a little bit nicer. Give it a 6.5. Just oh. because it, I was, I didn't enjoy my my viewing of this. It's not something I'm going to go back to anytime soon. But right. I mean, it was a nice, enjoyable watch. Uh, it's what I would hope for from a uh, a preschool kind of film. In fact, it's a little bit better because I expect this to be like Barney's World. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> I was expecting Barney the Dinosaur levels of thought process, which there is a Barney movie. Yes, yep. there is. I have not seen it. I don't want to. No, no. I don't want to. No. Uh, no. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a 6.5 because it was an enjoyable watch. Just wasn't, you know, the best movie out there. I got you. So... <laughs> So to mimic Captain Roy there, 3.5. It was actually a terrible film. Really? No, I'm not. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm not going to say that because this, this was a this is a cute little gem for what it was and the story it was trying to tell. Uh, it's, I'd be like, it's not up my alley, any fashion or form. Uh, I would probably, 
Uh, let's just give it a yeah, middle of road six. Give it a six. Okay. It's it's one of those films where it's like it's kind of like retro rewind, where it's it's a uh, it's a nostalgic. Nostalgic. It's very nostalgic. Be like, do I want to go back and watch it? No. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, on that note, join us after the bumpers, and we we will get to uh, talking about some. Uh, what we've been watching, some stuff in the news, perhaps a little interrogation, and then we'll get into some X-Men. Yeah. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. This week, we suggest the Retro Rewind podcast. Every other week, join the Retro Rewind pod as they travel back 15 years or more along the entertainment space-time continuum in their mission to review movies and games, establishing what is still worth your time today and what isn't. Expect fun banter and travel insights from Francisco, Paul, the master interrupter powers, and a rotating cast of guest hosts, all of which are out of time. The Cellcast would like to thank the following patrons, Ashley and Francisco Ruiz, Book of Gaming, PaulJPowers.com, and Melanie Dubois. To get your name on the show plus uncut episodes, early access to the Cellcast plus reviews and special art from Jacob, please donate to us on Patreon. So guys, I have questions. For, I have a question for both of y'all. What have you been watching? Paul, why don't you start no. us off? Um, what have I been watching? Um, a lot of anime recently. Um, there's always new anime coming out. I don't know how they do it, but um, the by sweatshop, from what I hear. Yeah. Yes. Uh, hopefully no, but uh, like on no. Crunchyroll, I've been uh, staying up to date with the, I, and I don't even know how to say some of these like Mashal, Mashal. It's basically uh, we, yeah, it's the magic uh, fighting thing yeah it, it it's the the one hitman goes to wizarding world hogwarts basically and i'm not joking it's a total yeah. ripoff <laughs> but it's fun some of it is so such a ripoff it's laugh out loud hilarious um another a couple others i've been watching is um i got a cheat skill in another world and became unrivaled in the real world too it's one of those long ones uh Jeez. yeah that's uh, also, definitely an isekai title yeah uh, I think this is it's Tony Tony Kawa over the moon. Tony Kawa, season, yeah, I started it, watching that. I need to finish. Yeah, it. in season two, have you have you finished season one? I'm still in season one. I'm still okay. early in season one. As in, I've only had a chance to watch one episode of season one. That first one is great. That first yeah. episode, yeah, yeah, I like it. It's, it's got me in love with it. I just need to actually sit down and keep watching it. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't have I, so I many other shows. Yeah, exactly. They're like on High Dive. I'm watching Kuba won't let me be invisible, and there's so there's like ten others out there that I want to see. Just don't have time. Like Doctor Stone season three is out. I just don't. I hope to catch up with it later. But I'm still uh, going through the Dragon Ball, the first series. Ah, I'm up classic. through mm -hmm. uh, the. Be I just started the beginning of season five, which is King Piccolo uh, Ooh, saga on that. So Demon King Piccolo, nice. Yes. So. That's what I've been up to lately, animation-wise, for the Cell people, Cell fans. You've not watched any live action? Because we can talk about both. Um, yeah, but they're not as interesting. 
That's fair. Okay. okay. That's fair. So kind of kind of springboarding off that, the the uh Isakaias with way too long of names. So my girlfriend, she just got done working BBS. She loved it, had fun with it, and uh, was very tired afterwards. If you ever if you if you ever work BBS. Uh and so we're sitting there having lunch, and uh I'm watching this documentary over are this not a uh, a review or more of a review over uh, like ten things you didn't know about? I think it was like uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Mm. And a, it's not a movie. Uh, it's a fan okay. film. Okay. B. <laughs> okay. So I said, now, now there's nine other things. <laughs> yes, there's nine other things. But uh, so we're we're watching this, and I learned that Ashley has never watched an Indiana Jones film. What? Exactly. Why am I not surprised? (laughs) That's just not the kind of film I think I would expect her to watch, to be honest. Not without being prodded to do so. Right, right, right. And plus, she's never seen Star Wars. Well, I knew about that one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, granted, not all of us have watched everything. Be like, I'm sure you can't. There's so much media out there, you can't. Yeah. That is true. But that being said, now you get to introduce her to this stuff, and I kind of wish I was there to a uh, fly on the wall to get reactions. <laughs> but uh, if so even cares. So so we're we're ta- we're talking about the the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and how she never watched any Indiana Jones, and she was like, "It's like the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That's a really long name." And I'm thinking, like, be like, you Not don't really. know anything yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, watch these guys. Like, be like, you know, should should I, like. Should, should I date with me like while going in a dra- like in a dungeon or something like that? What was that? Well, uh, there was. Uh, is it all right to pick up girls in a dungeon? Thank you. There's uh, another one I watched was uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. slime. Let's not forget Konosuba, God's blessing on this wonderful world, <laughs> and a hundred other yeah. long titles for no good reason. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So that just kind of reminded me of this afternoon. I was like, oh, okay. It's like, yeah, you haven't heard long titles yet, have you? <laughs> Let me introduce you to something. Heck, two weeks ago, we we reviewed a movie that had a long title. Dr. Strange Love. Or How I Learned to Stop Wearing in Love with a Bomb. Is that an isekai? No. Thankfully, no. Anyway, so what have you been watching? What have I been watching? I have been playing catch up on Star Trek this whole week. I went from, I think last time I said I'd watched two episodes, or I watched the second episode of season one of Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. watched the other eight now. Wow. Um, the last episode of season one, it's was it blew me out of the water. It's like, yep. oh my word, this is good. There was times I was sitting over here giggling, not so... Well, I mean, you've heard me giggle at Star Trek before, you know. Yeah. I've seen him geek out about Star Trek, too. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh! <laughs> there was a point in, in there where I went, wait, where? This is, we're not here. We shouldn't be here yet. Time travel shenanigans. What? Uh, yeah. Oh, and then, holy good, they used the actual music from the episode. <laughs> I never do this. They always try to redo it because oh, we don't want to recreate 1960s music anymore because it's not the modern way we make music. No, we actually use real, real music in here. It's modern orchestration, but still. And then it's like, no, they actually are saying lines enough that they really should have credited the original episode writer. 
in this episode and they didn't which annoys me but um the sh- that show just got went from being like kind of okay kind of mm. good like I, it's you know it's a fun show to watch to yeah. like oh yeah we're gonna do we're doing something cool every episode I was like, well, I'm now definitely looking forward to season two next week. Yeah. So is it next week? Next Thursday. Wow. All right. Or probably the day this comes out. But anyway. <laughs> so a little a little more behind the scenes. We we probably talked about this before in the show, but uh so when we were doing Lower Decks season one, uh, I didn't have internet over at my house. So right. I would come over here and watch Lower Decks and we would watch and review it. So me being not and the big not not the big tricky. And I was waiting the show on him at the time so yeah. we could watch the show and then immediately review it. Yes. And so it'd be like for me being not the big Trekkie, I grew up watching the movies. And so I'm sitting there watching this movie. Something happens and Drew's like, <laughs> just losing it over here. I, I'm all like, I, I'm not picking on him, but it was just more like uh-huh. it was the, the most joyous thing I've ever seen. Someone that's like, oh, my gosh, they referenced this. <laughs> It was such a delight to watch. I wish I would have recorded it. It was so funny. It was you, so you thought that was fun to watch. You should have seen me during Picard. Oh, I Season can imagine. Three. Oh yeah. Especially in, at the end of episode nine. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Yeah. I was about to say, or or in season two of uh, Strange New Worlds with the with the crossover coming up. Oh, I am lo- so looking forward to that. In <laughs> fact, I've already decided when we when we do come back to reviewing uh, Lower Decks, which I don't know when we're coming back to that. Obviously, after the episode, the seasons come out, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be immediately after Evangelion or sometime later on in the future. I've pretty much said we're going to have to review that episode of Strange New Worlds, even though I haven't seen Fair. it yet, because I can just see it being constantly referenced throughout Fair. the season. One Fair. would so, hope. Yeah, one would hope. So anyway, uh, also, I watched another animated Star Trek show that at some point we may have to do on uh, the animated series. It's a Nickelodeon Star Trek show that came out last year. Prodigy? Yeah. Huh. It's I am in the. I've only got a couple episodes of of season one left of that, but it's like, oh, this is actually good too. Huh, it's like good. there's no reason it should be good, but it's it's like watching uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars. It's okay. like this is better than it has right to be because they're actually putting good thought into it. Huh, nice. There's very few times where I look at it and go, uh, that's not how that works. It's like no, that that's how this is. That that is how it's like. Oh yeah, that is how that works. How did you pull that off? (laughs) And you actually explained it in a way for kids to understand what's going on without talking down to them. Bravo. You explained the prime directive where it didn't sound like it was horrible. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) So yeah, that one may have to be put on the show at some point, but I don't, I I don't want to overload it with Star Trek as you can understand. Yes. Um, but other than that, all I've really watched is besides uh, you know, the stuff for the show, yeah, is just YouTube videos. And I got nothing you. really specific. So, okay, so I'm 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 waiting with bated breath for Paramount to do a Star Trek animated movie, to where we're gonna do a reaction, and then immediately when it comes out, we're gonna do a review. <laughs> I'm not saying that wouldn't happen, but at the same time, I don't see this happening anytime soon. Okay, fair enough. Fair. Just because neither one of the animation companies, I think, it would be could pull off a movie right now. 
Fair. But anyway. All right. So what, what we got in the news? Well, I mean, so what I've been watching. Oh, I thought you. I'm sorry. No. What have you been watching? All right. I I thought you talking about Indiana Jones was it for some reason. No, 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 no. no. I'm sorry. No, you're good. All right. So what I've been watching. Uh, so I was dog sitting for a church friend of ours. Uh, she had to go to town for an emergency. So I was in charge of her dogs, which wasn't a hard, very hard. Minus her little 18 year old Chihuahua who was like to howl all the time. All right. Oh, I I'm sure Jacob you, wins. You, uh, just your alpha dog. I think you won, Jacob. You watched a dog. You win. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I watched three dogs, actually. Oh, wow. I'm, you won thrice. <laughs> I was saying, I'm sure you command, You were the alpha dog for that pack very nice. Very nice. Oh, thank you for that pack. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So while I was over there, I was watching uh I watched the entire season of Reacher, which is based off the um uh Lee Jim Lee not Jim Lee, come on, Jacob. Lee Childs. Lee Childs book, The Killing Floor, which is the first Jack Reacher book. And man, that's good. That is a good series. I would highly recommend it. It's on a uh Amazon, Amazon video. Yeah. Now, granted, be like if I would not recommend this to small children at all. Let's just say that because it's a Jack Reacher book. And I'm not talking to you, Tom, Cru- Tom Cruise, uh, watered down version of Jack Reacher. No, Jack Reacher comes into a town and people, oh. bodies start dropping. <laughs> Is this Jim from The Office? Tom Cruise was in a Jack Reacher movie. Yeah, he was so. in two of them. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Jack Reacher is like a giant, and you got a guy who's five foot two. Or five foot six, whatever. Mm. But uh, so Paul asked you a question. Oh, was, sorry, Paul. If it was Jim from The Office playing Jack Reacher, John Krasinski. No. Okay. Okay. No, that's uh, that's a uh, Jack Ryan. Yeah, that's yeah. right. No, that. Yeah, it is. Two different characters. You said Jack Ryan. I thought, right. no, wait, that's Chris Pine. No, that's a different movie. Yeah, Jack Reacher. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. I've read both novels. They're good i recently watched on disney plus a national geographic um program making the wish disney's newest cruising line that was very interesting hmm. it was like it's hmm. obviously on disney plus they're trying to promote the, the disney wish which the new, is their cruise, the new the new boat the new the boat new, the, new the new ship the new cruise ship that was fascinating how they put new modern ships together that was very fascinating so yeah that's what okay. i've been watching all right so, Jacob, what do we have in the news? The Cellcast News with your host, Jacob Heron. Thank you, Dilit. And while we're in the news, the only thing I could find is a new thing that's coming out on Netflix on June twenty, June twenty third. The I Wolf- think I know why you know about this. Yes, uh, yeah, <laughs> I wonder because I keep getting messages from a certain, a certain somebody a certain on a certain- Monster Island film vault. Yeah, <laughs> I've been getting these messages too. Yeah, I wonder why. Huh? Wait, wait, no, no. <laughs> Um, the world, the worlds of iconic movie monsters and light and action-packed TV animated 
animation collide in the new trailer for Skull Island, mm. premiered globally on June 23rd, exclusively on Netflix, following the first look and full cast announcement last month. King uh, Kong fans can now get a more a more impressive look at this new survival action adventure in this new trailer. And so that's all I have for in unless watched the trailer. Uh, this feels like it's like Kong might be like one episode to some degree. I mean, I'm Maybe. sure he's a major role in the thing, but I mean, it felt like we're going to be, he's, we're going to be running into all sorts of monsters True. on this Island. We're just like, well, that makes sense. True. For the way Skull Island, the movie uh, was, but true. I don't know. This could be interesting. It, it just seemed a little cliched. I got gotcha. you. Parts of it, but and another piece of news that I comes out. Another piece of news that I realized that I posted on the Facebook page is Super Mario Bros. movie hits 1.3 billion dollars globally, surpassing Frozen as the second second highest grossing largest animated film of all time. If you don't count the Lion King. Uh, Live action. Yeah, the live action Lion King. Because depending on what you look at, some people count it, and it's technically made more than all of them. Yeah. Right. But it's like, yeah, oh, it's live action. You're like, yeah, the background plates are live action. Maybe some of the grass is, is Yeah, maybe some of the grass is, is live, is live action. action. And that's None a maybe. <laughs> Do what? And that's a maybe. That's a maybe, that's yeah. That's a severe maybe. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so apparently the the Mario Brothers have stomped Frozen and becoming the second. Was it second? One second. It should be up to second because Frozen. Yeah, second. Yeah, second largest animated film of all time, which is really cool because that, that that is a good movie. Is that Frozen or Frozen Two? Because they're both right up there. I think Frozen Two technically made more money than Frozen. It did. So yeah, it's still got to beat Frozen Two, which I don't think it's going to have time to. No, it won't. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah, it's already come out on uh, physical Home video, media. yeah, yeah. So. But it's still it's in theaters, still in theaters. So it's like, okay, yeah. So it's all I have for in the news. All right, so I think we've got a. Interrogation. Uh-oh. All right, so as most most of our audiences knows, whenever we get a guest, we ask them certain questions regarding animation. So, Paul, uh, what was the the animated TV series you loved as a kid? Like, absolutely loved. Oh, animated TV series. Animated uh, He Man and Voltron are the first that come to my mind as a kid. Hmm. Um, that where I know they were affiliate they were on what a syndication and where it was showing with me they were on at the same time yeah and i would have to choose between the two so. oh fair fair yeah but uh yeah that that's i'm yeah that's just off the top of my head oh, okay Boom. so th- okay. i'm not saying they're great to watch now but <laughs> oh, i agree i agree I, I i tried to watch he-man uh i think last year and i was like oh my gosh the the reuse of animation now granted that company reused animation Animation like, is really bad about reusing yes animation. they were they but were so that's bad how they it. were able to make their deadlines i exactly. mean they, they kind of peer, pioneered exactly or like made it work for them but oh, yeah agreed. it's a sludge fest trying to get through yes, those yeah yes it is but uh so what was what was uh in your in your journeys in your journeys through life like what is one of the animated 
movies that you love that most people don't? Oh, okay. That's um, one that comes to mind is uh, I, I love planet 51 mm. and the fact that it, I think that's called, yeah. Planet 51. Yeah. I think that's where called. I know which one you're it's, it's a, it's, it's a 3d animated film. Um, yeah. It, it, all the style is it goes back to the 1950s of of their view of aliens and it's like a planet full of that style of aliens and uh an, an astronaut from earth comes to visit yeah um most people just like oh this whatever i i love it because of all the references of uh back then it's a fun uh, turn oh, okay. your brain off enjoy the film oh okay yeah i i had heard of this and uh, i was I think at one point I thought about putting it on the list, but it'll, it'll go on the list eventually because it's it sounds mm -hmm. like one of these very oddball movies that came out in 2009. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember uh, when when uh, seeing it on end caps when I worked at Walmart. Mm. Yeah, uh, okay. that, that's yeah, that's one that I, I, I love, but most people don't. <laughs> All right. Favorite anime. Favorite anime. It's not mean. <laughs> Would be fun. of all time, all time favorite. Um, new or old? New. Well, it's it's got to be old because it's it just. <laughs> I think you asked me that on the last time, and I think I said it was um, uh, re zero for the favorite. That's right. Series. Yes, that's right. That's right. So, uh, I, I was trying to think. Maybe I have an anime movie off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, um, Cat returns. There we go. No, and I think I said anime, my favorite. Though. My favorite. Oh, it is um, an anime. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite. Uh, what do you call it? Um, man, I'm having such a brain fart today. <laughs> the uh, the Studio Ghibli one is uh, Princess Mononoke. Oh, ah, that's that. a good one. That's good. Me. What's your f least favorite animated movie? Least an least favorite animated movie. Ooh. Oh my gosh. I know mine. Well, I haven't seen Leo the Lion. Um, <laughs> I noticed you talked about, you, you chatted about that last yeah, night. Yeah, and, and I took that Facebook advice chat. of, you know, not waste anybody's time with that. Um, I I don't know. I try to, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say I don't know because I, I try to forget those. Um, oh, okay. that's fair. You erase it from memory banks as well. Once you turn it off. <laughs> it, yeah. 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 I got you. All right. So. Um... I'll tell you what. Sorry to add to the interrogation. My favorite no, animated T TV series of all time. Um, and this is kind of a caveat is and, and this is my favorite TV season ever including live action and everything and that okay. is young justice season two and the, young justice season one is fine but when i was a kid i was growing up i grew up with uh super friends and and uh you know spider-man and his amazing friends and a lot of people don't like them they're like oh those those are crap those shows but mm -hmm. that's what we had and i loved superhero cartoons yeah. and you know that yeah. it is it was what it was so i enjoyed it as a kid 
Young Justice Season 2 brings back some of those characters I enjoyed as a kid, and there's lots of plots and twists, turns in it, and it is on fire. Every episode is boom, boom, boom. Season 3 and Season 4 goes back to almost Season 1 level of, eh, it's kind of slow. Things happen, but Fair. Young Justice Season 2, f- for me, is like the best of the best right there. Oh, okay, so... That was that was kind of going to be my like it's like my next question. Be like if you had kids, you're married, the whole bit. I, I don't know your marriage status yet, but um, be like if you if you were to show your children, I don't know if you have children or not. Uh, no children. If you were to show, no children. Be like if you had children, what show would you want to show your kids? Ones that I grew up with, I'm like, oh, you yeah, gotta make ones, sure you watch this. Ones you this. grew up with are stuff you recently discovered that you'd want to show your children. I would show them the old school Looney Tunes and Disney cartoons, the ones uh, and the Tex Avery ones. Give them some culture, ah, some background. Oh, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. These are the building blocks of animation. The Looney Tunes, Mary Melody, Silly Symphony, yes. all that. Stuff. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pink the, Panther, yes. the good stuff. Yes. I would show them those because, I mean, those were on when I was growing up. Those were also like on syndication every now and then you'd throw on the TV. Sometimes they'd randomly show up. Now you've got to search for them or buy them. So I've bought them on on Blu-ray when they come out because I love those old style, the the quality Mm -hmm. animation shorts that they have. So I would I would make sure that they watch those. Oh, okay. So just just a general question: Are you an '80s kid? Like you're an '80s kid, right? Yeah, I, born in the '70s, grew up in the '80s. Oh, okay, nice. Okay, I was just curious. Be like, do you remember a show? Be like, I, I don't know this. Uh, do you remember a show that came out in the early '90s called Biker Mice from Mars? Yes. Okay, what did you think about that show? It was fine. It was fine. I was. <laughs> I think I was in high school by then, so oh, okay. I didn't pay that much attention. I gotcha. I so. gotcha. I was just curious. Just curious. Yeah. Is uh, that one of yours? Uh, I, I enjoyed Biker Mice from Mars. I actually got to I revisited the first episode, and I was like, huh, this isn't bad. It's a, it's, 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 it's 90s cheese. Do not get me wrong. It's 90s cheese yeah. beyond belief. But it is, okay. it, is a, it is a fun little show to watch. Um. Uh, so kind For some of, reason you said biker mice from Mars, my brain went to tattoo teenage alien fighters from Beverly. Oh Hills. my gosh. <laughs> I have no idea why. Oh my gosh. Which I because I never watched that show. Species, one stay of with your own kind. I know about because of the name. So kind of wrapping up this interrogation, be like, if you had the chance to go uh go see one of your favorite films of all time animated wise in theaters like like if you were able to yeah like able to watch one of your favorite films in theaters what would it be the big screen whatever yeah well my third favorite film of all time is the incredibles so i would say the incredibles the first one oh okay yeah that's that's a good film yeah yeah I enjoyed it. Yeah, kind of good for a devotion. Wink, nudge. He already did one on that. <laughs> never mind then. That's why I, told I hear it was incredible. Well, never mind then. <laughs> we need to talk on that too. That anyway. is true. Either or. Um, 
uh anime you would recommend to uh someone who is not into anime he needs recommendations oh. for his girlfriend no yeah um <laughs> well i would have to go in and say that anime just like animation is mm-hmm. not a genre so i would have to ask what genre do you like and then base an anime off of that oh okay so if you were to recommend be like if you like your your favorite anime you wanted to show someone that maybe had never seen anime like what would that be not like based on genre and everything just be like here's my favorite watch the first this boy um something that's not too heavy because i think re-zero is not Mm. for everybody right so um anime that i think i know what i would pick in this situation okay go ahead and while while i'm thinking what would you say spy family it's a decent one it's 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 got a deep enough story you can kind of uh you can feel the feel the the thought process there but it's just light enough that you don't feel like you're you know i don't know it, it just seems perfect there in that perfect slot it's like mm-hmm. this is kind of what anime is in general yeah. but you can definitely approach it from a yeah. from a more western perspective yeah one of my one of my favorite anime is old school and that's oh my goddess and that's, oh, i remember that that's only like the first season is only like five episodes yeah, I, I never watched the anime i read the manga right so I, I would cite <laughs> You know that's that's not heavy action. It's more on the, on the what light rom com, I guess you would call it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, technically, it's be more of a harem anime. <laughs> <laughs> not, not till later, but I can I can see that at least in the first five episodes, you don't get that right uh, that that feeling. But um, I also enjoyed uh, if you enjoyed that. I was about to say if. Um, the movie is also good if if they don't want to sit through um, five episodes or like you, oh you just said one episode I would show them the first episode of that okay That's, that would I pick cool cool one more okay what if be like if you had the choice of going into an anime world not isekai or whatever like you got you got sucked into a world but like you were given the option to go into an anime animated world either western or eastern animation what series would that be oh open up to all animation all animation what card what animated world do you want to live in yeah oh my goodness wow what a question i love the question just (laughs) because my mind is just expanding more and more with all the different worlds i'm thinking of all the different possibilities because like i said anime and animation is not a genre. I mean, there's sure. just so many. <sighs> um, <laughs> Disney's House of Mouse that has everything in it. <laughs> all the all the Disney characters. Oh my gosh, that that's that's clever. That's genius. <laughs> All right, so I think we're done with the interrogation. And let's... All right. No, I don't have any questions. Okay, good. Um, so I guess now we need to jump into our talk on uh, X-Men. On X-Men. 
bulky, over bulky, kinda hulky superhero. Got two fisted and electrically transistored superhero. An exotically neurotic and aquatic superhero. The Marvel superheroes have arrived. His amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. X-Men, the animated series, uh, season three. I Did you catch what, what, what's the episode number on this? Technically, I, um, I didn't get it written down. Episode eight. Episodes eight and nine. Savage Land Strange Heart, part one and two, originally aired on September 10th, 1994, and September 17th, 1994, respectively. Directed by Larry Houston, and both episodes were written by Marty Eisenberg and Robert M. Skier. And these episodes, separated from the rest of the X-Men, Storm is encouraged by Sauron to free her inner tempest of energy, awakening Garrock. And then Garrock fuses with the island's volcano and the surging planetary force below it. Getting into the guest cast, uh, Robert Boxdale played uh, both Sauron and Kazar, which are technically the same guy, but also different personalities. And then uh, Lisa Dalbelio played uh, Xanadane. For whatever reason, I could not find a voice actor who played Garrock in his few lines. Hmm. So... That's fun. Mm. Getting into the trivia. Okay, so before, before we <laughs> jump into that, I just want to make a correction. So on the Disney Plus app where they've kind of oh, yeah. chronologically fixed everything, it's episodes 12 and 13. Fair enough. Season yeah. three is so fun with yes, how oh out of place most of the episodes are. Yes. Um, getting into the trivia. The villain Sauron was originally to be a werewolf. But the Comics Code Authority forbade this as oh. a reference to his origin, Comics however. Code. Yeah, as a reference to his origin, however, Sauron's alter ego is named Carl Lycos, the scientific term for a werewolf being like like lycanthropy. Clever. And as you probably can guess, in the comics, wow. Sauron takes his name from the titular villain of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings. And how they didn't get sued is beyond my knowledge. Hmm. It was po- which was popular and still yeah. very new in 1969 when the character was introduced. The character's usual nemesis, Magneto. I am Magneto, master of magnet. 
was played in the live-action films by Sir Ian McKellen, who went on to play Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings films. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a goof in the second episode, Storm's red com badges appear and disappear from shot to shot during the battle with Garrick. And I don't just mean where she angrily rips them off her chest. There were so many flashing lights and such, I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't notice this either, but that's what came up when mm-hmm. I was looking up trivia. Uh, Paul, what are your thoughts on this episode? Oh, my. And I assume you watched X-Men, the animated series before. Yeah, growing up, um, I was in high school when this was on, but also I was collecting comics and reading comics, and uh, I've... I found oh these stories were in the comics and I thought the comics were better written and better drawn as well than the animated series. So I often didn't Fair. watch this animated series, but I did later watch uh, some of the X-Men Evolution series more. I liked that animation style more and I hadn't read the stories. So uh, I see I did see a few. It's got a catchy theme song, even though it's a ripoff. You have to watch another cell cast or listen to another cell cast episode on that. Um, I forget who it was. It was by, but anyway, you don't remember that when he, Ron Wasserman do what? Is this one who wrote the X-Men theme song? No, yeah. no. Oh man. I'll have to, I'll, I'll have to research and find it later, but it, I'm sure it, I'm sure it just, came up before and I just don't remember it. Yeah. Um, so I had seen a few episodes, um, and I was happy to revisit this just because I enjoyed the X-Men going back. My thoughts are, um, welcome back to Jurassic Park, I guess. <laughs> yes. After last week? Yes. Um, I had, Even oh, Barney's back. Yeah. Holy vague. I had a lot more questions than I did anything um, while watching this show. Like, apparently you can just fly to this island, but nobody does for like there's no normal people here like there's not an airport or anything it's all savage things but apparently the x-men can go back and forth i don't know savage land makes no sense to me as a location yeah and this in in marvel yeah i'm kind of glad marvel has not in the mcu has not gone there yet yeah I thought I, at first I was thinking the main villain, this this rock ancient rock guy, I thought was uh, I thought it was going to be somebody that I knew, like it was really Mr. Sinister or somebody who who I recognized. Like but, a, yeah. But and then the reveal is like, oh, it's somebody new. Well, I guess that's good because it's hey, it's somebody new that that makes things interesting. But I did not expect it's just basically a kaiju battle at the end for the finale. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. A very short, disappointing kaiju battle. Yeah. At the very end. Yeah, but I thought it was it was it was fun to see those characters. I I was questioning where the other X Men were. Like, what are they doing when, when all this is happening? Are they? Why aren't they helping? They said it. They they said a very quick line that everybody else was on Mirror Island, Island watching over Jean, mm-hmm. which chronologically this would have yeah when it was released this was your only clue that gene gray was still alive after after uh uh, i I was i was like what in the world because like wolverine said me like yeah they're they're watching over genie like she's like something i was like what wait where where am i getting where did this happen when did this happen yeah yeah so and you need all of them to watch like anyway (laughs) well That makes sense. Well, I mean, we're only really talking Cyclops, 
and Professor Xavier. Yeah. And of course, Jean. And the, the only three that were missing Ga- of the normal cast. Gambit. Oh yeah, Gambit was. I was. I was yes. And is Colossus not part of this? Colossus is not an X Man yet in this continuity. Okay. Yeah. He's shown up in two separate episodes. Yeah. But he's uh, he doesn't stick around, even though he's wearing essentially his X Men uniform. Yeah. I think in the second one he is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm I like I said. I'm more in the comics, so I'm thinking like, okay, where's Iceman? Where's <laughs> Uh, Iceman, Iceman was in the Iceman's in jail at this point after, after the last episode. Okay, yeah, sorry, I didn't watch all the episodes leading up to this, but this is what I was. No, no, you're fine. fine. You're fine. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the quick rundown. Iceman is in maximum security prison because he tried to uh, he tried to break into a maximum security place. Yeah, and the X Men kind of barely stopped him. And then Angel, who is now Archangel. Yeah. We have no idea where the crap he That's, is, other than he's just still angry at a apocalypse. At apocalypse. <laughs> Fair enough. That's where they. That's where the others are. Okay. Yeah. Nightcrawler hasn't shown and, up yet. And oddly enough, there is a flashback. I think in like an earlier part of the season where they do show the original X Men. Yes. And there's Arch- Archangels there, and uh, Bobby's there. Mm-hmm. Bobby's there. They're fighting Magneto. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, as I pointed out in that episode, makes no sense continuity-wise. Yeah, because nobody knew who Magneto was in, when he showed Except up in episode Charles. three. <laughs> oh my word! This show is off the rails. Yeah, agreed. It was the nineties. It's, it's a nine. It's a cheap nineties show. Yeah. I get that, but and and it, it is hitting above its weight class for like most of it. Because yeah, this is almost nostalgic for no good reason. If that that is, makes sense. That is true. But yet I'm enjoying watching it, and I'm still looking forward to X-Men 97 whenever it yeah, comes Yeah, I'm interested out. to see yeah. what they do with that. Mm-hmm. Since most of the original cast is returning. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. I wonder if Magneto will be a villain. <laughs> no, actually, uh, they've shown... They said it's going to start off with the trial of Magneto. Oh, okay. So oh. I bet he's not... And I think they already showed off his... Lovely giant M costume. Yes. <laughs> you know the one I'm talking yeah. about? I think, they're, I think it was from the early, like the 80s. It's his first time he was a hero character. Oh, okay. So he's not. When just... he was running Xavier's school. Oh. Although some of that, I'm, I may be getting some of my comics lore there from the animated, from the audio drama, which is not necessarily correct. But uh, anyway. I gotcha. Anywho. Uh, this was a weird episode. These just, episodes were just, just weird. a little, little. First off, I had no idea Sauron could hypnotize people by staring into their eyes. Well, he did that previously. It, didn't he do that with There's Rogue? so much of that no. last time he, was, he showed up. I don't remember it. Ah. Which I was like, oh, you're here. Okay. Who are you again? What's going on here? Why do I feel like we've lost a lot of lore in five stories basically because mm. this season has had a lot of multi-part episodes true so i i i still don't get to the savage land and would be happy if we never came back here it's really bad that i preferred the mojo stuff to them oh wow <laughs> hey at least we're going into the the dark phoenix saga next yeah speaking of stuff that reminds me of going into phoenix sagas the to be continued at the, well, at the end of part one of this. Yes. 
Oh, that Lord. was so bad. Yeah. You don't have to be this. This is not quite as bad as uh, the mm. end of the, the the first two parter right before Phoenix Saga, where yeah. we had the worst flame graphic. Oh my gosh, that was TV. terrible. So but terrible. Not quite that Cringy. bad, but it's like, oh my word, this is so 90s, it hurts. Uh-huh. Wait, I was about to say, you know somebody was excited when they were making that. We're going to have like the letters come oh, in yeah. too. Oh yeah, they, they were fascinating. And it's going to be amazing. And you're like, all right, let, I get it. Let's go, let's go, come it on. Did, it did not age well. It did not age well at all. And then there's another shot, I think, in the second episode where you can tell they composited the animated characters over like an actual shot of the sky. Oh, wow. A live action That's shot right. of the sky. It's like, That's right. What happened here? <laughs> Did y'all run out of money again? <laughs> you just needed this two second shot that you had time to animate the characters, but not to draw another background. <laughs> another grayscale cloudy shot. Yeah, they spent their money on the to be continued. That's what, yes. that's what happened. <laughs> oh my word. This was an interesting episode, I would say, where yeah. like we, we do get to understand like who Sauron is and who his his alter ego is and why he does this. And, and all of that was interesting. It just was kind of like, okay. Yeah. I still don't know who any of these Savage Land people are and why I should care about them. I was about to say, you don't. <laughs> you don't care no, who yeah. they are. You don't. They're just characters in a background. Yeah. And there's that but i'm still sitting there going okay this is the third second but these are the second and third full episodes featuring the savage land as a main setting yes not to mention the one scene an episode all through season two of magneto and xavier walking through the uh the savage land during season two why do i care what happens in this antarctic tropical paradise yeah which apparently magneto created then somehow then sinister took it over which i i I can get sinister taking over something magneto started and walked away from how does magneto have the ability to create this stuff yeah it doesn't make sense it's like especially since he's so early on in this continuity like if we're talking about x-men comics at the time this was coming out I could see Magneto being able to do this. He would have the resources. Right. Yeah. But this Magneto is still, still, uh, you know, he's from what he, he, we still haven't even met his, well, we met one of his kids. Yeah. Uh, Briefly. Uh, technically we've met two of his kids, but not the, not the siblings. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause we have seen Quicksilver nice. and we saw, uh, Liana, Liana Polaris, the green, the green haired yeah. one Polaris. We've seen both see, of them. We still have yet to see Wanda. And that, that's one of the main reasons why I didn't watch this is because I had read the comics, which made a lot more sense. And when, like, Days of Future Past, that whole thing, when they did that, it was just, it was so lame compared to the real thing. So it just mm-hmm. frustrated me. I, I can I can see that. Days of Future Past, though, was a good episode of the show. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, which is what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it's it this doesn't raise as many questions as uh, the other ep- episode featuring Bishop. Mm. Oh gosh, I can't remember the name of, but also includes Cable. Cable? After we'd already met Cable <laughs> and reintroduced who his character was, it's like but you, we already saw you as a mercenary. Yeah. I'm from Honestly. the future, <laughs> and now you're from the future. 
I need an explanation that here why you're two versions of you running around. Right, 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 right. You know, you know what? If if X Men '97 actually goes in and tries to fix a bunch of these plot holes where it makes sense, I'll accept that. I don't think it will. No, uh, but they have other stories so, to mess up. So, yeah. That is true. So going to the point you had, Paul, with be like you you grew up watching like not watching, but reading the comics. Right. Like you watch the comics where for me, X X-Men the M8 series, Spider-Man the M8 series. Yeah, these were my introductions. These were our introductions into comics. Right. So I can so see that if, if you're going Marvel that comic. direction, yeah. that's cool. But for me, who's coming the opposite direction, it's like Yeah, uh, yeah. I totally see yeah. that. Well, also, as a kid, half the stuff does not stand out as an issue, especially when you're watching it completely out of order. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because as a kid, watching it in the context, and it's like, wow, this is really cool. Right. If you have... And now as an adult, understanding more like the lore of what was really going on mm -hmm. with the stories, it's like, oh, okay, this doesn't really match what they were doing in the comics, right. but it works for what they were doing in the show. Sort of, because we still, still have so many questions. Sort of, it sort of works. <laughs> sort of works. Yeah, but for the show's sake, they, they were trying they, to do their own thing, but trying to keep to the source. Yeah, yeah. This, this show is a good example of forcing something to fit that doesn't fit. <laughs> yeah. It's it's Saban at their most Saban-ist, is mm. the best way I know how to put this. Because mm. uh, Power Rangers, uh, Mind from Power Rangers, kind of has the same issue, except they're much simpler stories uh, than what X-Men is trying yeah, to pull true, off. Yeah. True. So, I mean, it kind of fits better. But, because X-Men is trying to do all this stuff, trying to be an as accurate a representation of the comics as it can right. be. Yeah. Trying to go into, you know, here's all the, the anti mutant groups and bringing that racism in there mm -hmm. and being and bring, having that element there. But then at the same time, yeah, we're also going to be a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it doesn't quite work. Yeah. I'd rather them. But I, I remember I loved it as a kid. I'd, I'd yeah. rather them take this to, two episode arc and change it to a six episode and do it right. You know what I mean? Now, yeah, cause yeah. it feels like we lost a lot of information. Right. Yeah. And and if we're being honest, Phoenix saga had the same. Issue. Oh, they all do. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I have a feeling dark Phoenix saga. They all do. Well, I still think it will be better than the two live action movies. <laughs> oh, about the dark Phoenix saga. I don't think it's going to be much better. No. Well, in any case, be like, you're never going to appease everybody with everything i agree with that and for the most part it's not like i'm not enjoying watching this yeah going back into right. it so and yeah because they're there again be like looking at it from both perspectives you see like how they did the phoenix saga in the tv show how in this show i was like wow this is really cool and then understanding how they did it in the comics and it's like that's cool right but at the yeah. same time you got this this continuity it's like, okay so you're running both in your head right as someone who grew up watching it mm -hmm. and then understanding it later yeah. and so okay that and, and and since dark phoenix saga is actually one of the stories i'm most familiar with in the comics there's no way they're gonna wrap this up in four episodes no, no. <laughs> and, and to be fair just i'm curious what the, if they're gonna rename the hellfire club since oh the hell is in the name of that they do. organization they do <laughs> And I was about to because that would not have been allowed on 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 Fox Kids. No, it's called Definitely the Shadowland nice. Club. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shadow. No, that would have been if it was, that would have been if it was four kids. Yeah. 
Oh it'd gosh, be, it'd be the sh- the, sh- the the Shadow Realm Club. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I was about to say, to be this fair, is the mod. This will be the home for infinite losers. But also the hmm. comics, that's not to say the comics were perfect and they didn't have their own questionable things happening on their end too, so. True. That's fair. Anyway, we all have anything else before we finish up tonight? I think we're good. <laughs> okay, I, y'all notice that I did not mention what movie we're reviewing next week. No. Because we're taking next week off because yeah. you are going to go elsewhere. Yeah, me and my girlfriend are go watch Wicked uh somewhere in the houston area wicked right yeah exactly nice. we, we 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 both we didn't realize at the time we both loved the music the musical or at least the music because we'd never seen it so we were literally sitting i think we were like had been dating for like i think it was like six to nine months and literally sitting there it's just like i'm thinking about wicked and she's like it's like hey have you ever seen wicked no do you like the music yes be like, hey, they got tickets for a really good price here in Houston. And it's like, why not? So yeah, we're going next week. Nice. <laughs> there you go. So the week after that, yes, we are going to be reviewing Hunchback of Notre, Notre Dame, Dame, which I recently. Watched. I was about to say I, you just saw that one, so I thought you were going to be reviewing the second one. But okay, the first one. No, we oh, haven't no. actually reviewed the first one yet. Not yet. So. Nice. I, I watched it for the first time a couple a couple of weeks ago. And I can tell you, even though we didn't have any Kingdom Hearts connections this week, you will. We're gonna have a heck of a lot next week Just to make up mm-hmm. for the the lack of recently. Since there was an actual touchback of Notre Dame level in a Kingdom Hearts game, which still weirds me out, all things considered. Yep. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and then of course we're jumping into Dark Phoenix Saga on X Men next mm-hmm. week or week after next. So join us for that. Yep. You have anything else before we cut out of here? I already know. I already asked that question. Uh, Paul, why don't you tell us where we can find you at? Great. I am pauljpowers.com, and you can find me on the Cellcast right now. But you can also find me elsewhere at <laughs> pauljpowers.com. All right. All right. So just for uh, for information, apparently in X-Men the Animated Series, the Hellfire Club has returned to the Inner Circle Club. That's not as fun as the Home for Infinite Losers Club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So true. Or the Seven Circles of Hell Club. (laughs) Just call it Seven Circles. Yeah. That would actually be a cool name. Or Seventh Circle. Anyway. Yeah. uh, I guess that's going to be it for us, guys. Uh, In the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And this is PaulJPowers.com. And you will and we'll catch you in the next frame. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's photo bin to see his photography. His letterbox page at G. George 759. His Twitter at G. George 759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at the Cellcast Podcast, on Twitch at the Cellcast Gaming, on YouTube at Cellcast, on Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. 
Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L. it guys how do you get to sesame street by bus apparently by plane apparently not the only way we saw in there okay. i'm moving right along dig a doom dig a doom